and welcome to TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. It's our December 2017 episode, the last episode of the year, and we're going out with a big one as we discuss Assassin's Creed Origins. My name is Sam, Gamertag Kintarist, and I have my co-hosts with me. Working in the dark to serve the light, it's Mark, Gamertag Not Penny's Boat. Hello, Mark. Hi again. And we have the man that knows that nothing is true and everything is permitted. It's Kevin, Gamertag Yuri Dace. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. That is so true. Yep. <laughs> so let's briefly look at how we ended up playing Assassin's Creed Origins this month. Uh, we said we wanted to look at some bigger and more recent titles this December. And before all the reviews started hitting, we genuinely thought it might be close this month. But Assassin's Creed smashed the competition by taking almost 51% of the community poll. Call of Duty World War 2 came in second with 20%, followed by Star Wars Battlefront 2 with just under 17%, and finally poor old Destiny 2 with 12%. Now, I don't want to spend too long on this, but are either of my co-hosts surprised by how this turned out? I think the community spoke up pretty clearly about how they felt about the games that were included in this poll. Well, after we picked the games and then the reviews started coming out, uh, I was not surprised by the end. I, I doubt Mark was really either. Every other game was just decimated with horrible press, and Assassin's Creed was generally considered somewhat good, if not great. So, yeah, no, that was that was not a surprise at all. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the site had pretty much moved on from Destiny already, according to our most played games uh, metrics that were coming in every week. Destiny had fallen out of the top ten around the time we had uh, put up the poll. Well, the other three were all new and in. You know, I thought maybe at least those would get some votes, but ultimately I think the three shooters with microtransactions cannibalized each other and uh, Assassin's Creed was left standing. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair enough, really. I, I, th- I think it was pretty obvious um, pretty early on during that that, that it was going to go that way. I mean, even when you look at the comments in that article, it, it seemed pretty clear that, that everyone had kind of given up on all three of the other games. So let's talk about our histories with, with the series. Uh, the reason I thought this would be a good opportunity for me to take the wheel on the podcast is because I am an unashamed super fan of the series. While myself and Mark were talking before the show, he pointed out that I seem to be so critical of a lot of games that he loves, and yet I give Assassin's Creed such a free pass, and I think that's fair enough. I'm well well aware of its faults. Uh, I love to criticise it as much as I love to play it, but I just love Assassin's Creed and the idea of it in spite of all that. Um, I've played every single game uh, that has achievements, including the cross-platform ports of Black Flag, the remaster, the Chronicles. I even gave time to the terrible mobile games, uh, and they are terrible. Don't don't do it. Just just do not ever touch them. Uh, I regret doing that, but I have every intention of trying to get 100% completion across this series because that's it's the one series that I think that I could do it. Uh, I just need to drag myself through the rest of india and russia to get there but um uh, mark what's your what's your history of the series i know that you're a lot less forgiving than than i am <laughs> yeah I th- i've played so i've played all of the mainline entries except for rogue which i think is true of a lot of people uh i haven't touched the chronicles even though we do you know if you had games with gold at the time we all got one of them for free last year i think it was uh, and i expect the other two to follow shortly as well um yeah, generally I consider two and Brotherhood to be my favorites. Uh, two especially. I those ones did some things that I've been yearning for the series to return to ever since, and they've yet to do it for me. 
Uh, we can talk about whether or not Origins did it, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I'm certainly more critical of it than you, though, but I, I do, for some reason, still find time to play them annually, or when they were annual. We'll, we'll see soon if, if they return to such a format. And Kevin, how, how have you got on with the series? So, I, I generally like it. It was always a series that I would not purchase on release, but instead wait until the summer when it was like dirt cheap and then play it as a summer game, which was, was working fine. There were a few during my college years that I never played, like Assassin's Creed 3. I don't know if I was in college then, but I didn't play that. And I also didn't play Rogue or Unity. I played a little bit of Unity for UHH, but that's it. So I'm not a a super fan by any means, but I definitely enjoy the series. And I I think it has a a lot of potential that has never actually been captured, except maybe by Origins. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think think half the reason I love it so much is because I've just kind of desperately waiting for it to realize its own full potential. And I, I just... I don't know. I just always, I always go into it hoping that it's going to really hit the heights that I think it could hit with such a strong concept. Um, and sometimes it does for me. Um, particularly, particularly, some some character moments work really well for me. I don't think the plots ever really, really made it. But yeah, like like you said, maybe Origins will be the one to change all of our minds. We'll find out. So here we are celebrating the festive season in the traditional way with tales of blood and despair in a blazing hot desert. Speaking of tradition, we can't very well talk about the game's story without Kevin explaining it all to us first. So, Kevin, over to you. All right, so this is the story of Bayek of Siwa. He's an Egyptian. He's a Medjai, which is like a police officer, I think. And so he goes on a little mission to kill people that killed his son because he's angry about that, very understandably. And his wife also kills people when he finds her. And so they just go on a mission killing people up the chain of command in typical assassin style. Until they get to the top, when it turns out their good friend Cleopatra has betrayed them and instead sided with the Romans who they were going up against. Who, by the way, are not Templars, I don't think, but some people maybe think that they are. So, anyway, they uh, they end up killing some more people and they don't kill everyone and then eventually Julius Caesar dies. And that's it. Yeah, I think... I think you've captured my issues with the final third of the game pretty well there. <laughs> um, but we'll get onto that in a bit. Uh, I think we should probably start by discussing Bayek himself. Uh, I think we might be fairly divided on him as a character. I, I've i warmed to him a little more since I've gone back to the game and explored some side quests where he gets a bit more dialogue and a bit more, uh, bit more meat to the way that he handles certain situations outside of that main revenge quest that he's on. But during the bulk of my playthrough, I just didn't find myself caring too much. Uh, I found his arc was a little bit derivative. Um, I also found that a little bit like, I think it's Marcus in Watch Dogs 2. Sorry if that's wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Marcus. No, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he sometimes seemed not so not not so badly as Marcus, but he sometimes seemed like he was two different people from moment to moment. You had the cutscenes where he was this savage warrior, absolutely bent on revenge. But sometimes he was this boyish charmer, bit of an Ezio-like who just wanted the best for everyone. And I don't know, it didn't quite work for me in this case as well as it did for Ezio. Because I think the thing with Ezio is because he was younger and didn't have a child. It just worked a bit more that he was so hot and cold. Um, Bayek's not the worst protagonist in the world, but it just felt 
a little hollow compared to some protagonists I've seen recently in games. Um, but before uh, before I open it up to you guys, I just wanted to bring in some feedback from from the community, which actually helped me sway my opinion a little more positively. Um, this is from Nodge in the forums, and he says, Amongst the other assassins we've played as, Bayek was a fairly good protagonist, and to me is up there with Ezio and Altair in terms of believability and drive. Narratively, I think killing huge swathes of people requires a certain level of motivation, and I think some of the more recent games haven't explored what drives people enough. Maybe it's me playing the Ezio collection this year, but Bayek losing his child reminded me a lot of Ezio losing his family, and provided enough narrative drive for what he was doing, something I felt lacking from Arno or the Syndicate twins. I think that's that's fair enough. I mean, as I said, I think there are stronger protagonists out there, but certainly in, in the realms of Assassin's Creed, I, I, I agree that Bayek at least has a good reason to be going on this particular killing spree even if sometimes in the gameplay he might be taking it a little bit too far but um kevin i think you probably appreciated bike the most out of the three of us as far as our discussions beforehand have gone so so why don't we start with you what did you think of him well so i i typically as i've discussed with mark many times don't really like video game stories and i think they're very terrible so as far as this one goes <laughs> i think bayek is relatively good i would not call him a good character but i i think he he worked fairly uh, like you know the poster said i didn't catch his name he he definitely has a believable drive to actually want to do all these assassinations you got like in syndicate which is a game that I actually liked evie and, and whatever his name they they seemed like playful rogues basically who just happily killed everyone. I mm. I didn't get a lot of believability there. Even if I kind of liked the characters, they they definitely weren't believable. Bayek is grounded more in reality, so he's grittier, he's darker, and if that kind of thing appeals to you, I, I think he's probably a a very decent character. And as far as him going out of character to also be playful, I do think that that happens i think that's just a video game thing because you need to inject some kind of levity into the game so you know i, I expect that's the reason that was there it, it's not in line with his character but it's it's somewhat unavoidable in a game this long yeah i think for, I, I suppose i'm thinking of the the john marston's and the and the and maybe joel from the last of us not that i've played that yet sorry mark but um <laughs> But they seem to have a little bit more gravitas to, in relation to why they're going on the, the quest that they're going on. And they don't necessarily fall into... I mean, they have their moments of levity, perhaps, but um, they don't fall quite so far into like the high spirits that Bayek seems to find himself in when, hey, aren't you supposed to be looking for the murderer of your child? Um I don't know. It, it sometimes it just felt a little bit too far for me, but I get your point. Particularly with with Ubisoft games like this, they they want to inject so much fun that the the character has to represent that in some way. Uh, and I think it, like you said, it is maybe just unavoidable. But uh, Mark, what what do you think of Bayek? Yeah, you guys kind of just took the words out of my mouth. I I think Bayek for me represents a problem that not just this game has, not not even just that Ubisoft games have, although you know, they're maybe one of the biggest offenders, but I think industry-wide um, video games often will do this if, you know, if not exclusively in sandbox games, at least especially in sandbox games, because they feel the need to give us so much to do that, you know, there, there are only so many times you can hit on the same beats and then you have to, you have to find a, a different tone 
for you know x number of side missions and never mind the main quest and and all the even the side stuff that's not as uh robust as the standard side missions i just feel like they want to create these characters that are so malleable and so uh varied that you kind of lose who they are in the process and for me bayek was yet another example of that again to point back to the previous assassin's creeds that i hold in high regard i think i think Ezio, as a lot of people do feel the same uh, i think he was really the best example of a protagonist for this series uh i actually even like connor better than bayek to be honest and i know that might be controversial with with some creed fans maybe even you sam you can tell me if i'm totally wrong there but to be honest my my favorite uh, my my favorite protagonist is actually edward kenway which i know is completely off of most people's list so i'm not to be trusted on that so, <laughs> so don't worry oh okay i really liked him also actually i thought he was was also very believable he's just a a brutal pirate who doesn't care yeah, exactly. So, so it, it kind of made sense. He wasn't even an assassin for for the majority of the of the game. So that's that's why that worked. But anyway, let's yeah. get back to Bayek. <laughs> I I think he is, like I said, he's basically representative of a, of a bigger problem in video games. But for me, you know, still caught in the moment of playing this game with the community for this month, that that doesn't really salvage him for me. Essentially, I I actually fell out of favor with this game pretty early on, uh, just as a, a spoiler for my sentiments overall, uh, be, because he was so generic to me, I guess, or bland, you could say he, he, he certainly wasn't rising above and becoming a memorable character for me. And, you know, if he's just as mediocre or, or interchangeable with a whole bunch of other protagonist in this game and so many other sandbox games then that's not a terrible negative because like you know it's built in that he's one of many but still that he was never going to be what i most appreciate about this game and he's one of the things i probably least appreciate yeah i mean that's that's fair enough i I think my biggest uh, disappointment with bayek is actually his strongest moments i feel aren't really the center of 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 the plot i mean I quite appreciated that they tried to show his grappling with his faith. So he talks a lot about believing in the gods and he has these possibly hallucinatory moments where he's interacting with these kind of mythical beasts. And, and he, yeah, he he's constantly seems to be trying to grapple with the idea that, that there are gods and that, that he has to have faith and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's kind of unique, particularly for Assassin's Creed so far. Um, where the majority of the time we're kind of accepting at a kind of base level that all of that is illusion and and kind of uh, fiction. So I I found that really interesting and I also found his journey to the stone circles uh to to kind of uh make up for a promise that he made to his son to to visit all of the stone circles in Egypt. Uh, the way that that quest ended was very emotional um and 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 it was those moments where he seemed to be trying to connect with either Aya or his 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 dead son that really elevated him and it made it all the more disappointing when the rest of his tale just collapsed back into the same mold um so so i definitely i definitely appreciate the times that they tried to take him somewhere new i just wish they'd kind of made that a bit more of the focus but maybe that's where things will go in the future who knows so this is the lizard's work. 
and so I must stain my hands with another priest's blood. The order is everywhere. To protect Egypt, I would kill a thousand priests. You and I are pledged to violence. Now. And always. Let's move on to Aya, I think, is probably the best next place to go because I desperately wish she was the protagonist. Um, or at least that maybe this had been the time that they'd played with having two protagonists, a male and a female, as opposed to Syndicate, which really fell flat for me. Uh, Aya is such a more complex character for me. I think she's very well scripted and very well acted. Um, her ambition and her pride directly interfere with her her mission and her creed on several occasions and she's got this feistiness but also something really stone cold at the center of her that just makes her a little bit more interesting than Bayek, at least to me anyway. Uh, again, Nodge, our previous correspondent from the forums, he seemed to have a sim- similar sentiment. He certainly preferred Aya to Bayek. He did point out that her missions were a little lacking and I'd have to agree with that. We really don't need more boat stuff, Ubisoft. Just stop with the boat stuff get over it yeah that was really weird (laughs) yeah um but i i really appreciated the character um mark did you feel better about aya as a character i I certainly did yeah and uh i think you can see why for for the same reasons that bayek fails for me because he's the protagonist of a massive sandbox game so he needs to be feeling all these different things at once and he's going to come off as inconsistent ultimately because of all that and you know, alternatively, Aya, they get to focus on her in a much more realistic way. And yeah, the the boat missions in terms of, you know, not that we want to jump to gameplay, but that was weird. I didn't know why they included those so sparingly, but built the mechanics for them again. Uh, but her motives for doing things just made much more sense. And when she was on screen, I actually found her much more compelling than Bayek. Be- like I said, because... With Bayek, when we're on the main quest, it it does feel strong. And, you know, as a father myself, like I've written about previously on TA, those sort of, you know, your son died, your family died storylines, those, you know, I'm a sucker for those. I immediately connect with those like 10 times out of 10. Uh, so, I, you know, initially I was really invested in Bayek. And then as that withered away over the course of the 50 hours or so, um, because he's so inconsistent that, you know, Aya has the benefit of never having that happen to her so much so that um, I'm wondering if we go, you know, if we return to these characters again, you know, next fall or in a future game. Uh, and if we return to Aya in a bigger role, I wonder if eventually she'll fall out of favor as well, because she'll fall victim to the same sandboxy tropes that claim the, claim the, uh, the interest so many other times for me. Mm, that's interesting. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It might well be that because I I I'd like to entertain the idea that they might go with Aya in the future, but yeah, it could end up being the same issue where if she's trying to fill too many boots at once, that the, the character suffers. But I I struggle to believe that there isn't a way around that for open world games. And I think there have been a few examples where where that hasn't. Yeah, and just to be very quick and uh, but clear, I I agree that there are some examples that that do rise above that typical sandbox protagonist problem. I I just don't think Assassin's Creed has uh, shown us any or many, if, if any at all, maybe just Ezio for me. I'm not sure. (laughs) Kevin, how do you feel about Aya? I did not like her at all. I, Hmm. I mean, mainly because I 
don't like the type of person that she is. I don't connect with that at all. She's vengeful, kind of arrogant, and I I don't know. I mean, Bayek was vengeful also, but he at least had a good side to him. Aya seems kind of more like like she doesn't care. I I mean, personally, I'm I don't think she's going I think she was set up to be a protagonist. I don't think she's going to be a good guy in the end. I'm pretty sure as I said in the chat that she's going to you know, go on to form the Templars eventually. I I don't see her character direction going in any kind of positive way. So I I don't know. I I just didn't I didn't get a good connection to her. I think she's an interesting character perhaps, but not a good one though I, I will say that i'm pretty sure that she was set up to be the assassin's creed's mainline first female protagonist i think they're really trying to do that and kind of using Aya as a test bed to see how people react to her and kind of introduce them to her first i think is is probably what they're trying to do now whether or not that was successful or not i'm i'm not sure obviously i don't like her but i think generally at least it seems most people do so maybe maybe she will be but I, I just, like I said, I, there's something about her. I, I can't even really put my finger on what it is. I've been trying to think about it for the last week because I knew I'd have to talk about this, but I, I don't know what it is. She just, she's just not a type of person that I would like if I ever met her. No. And, and I wouldn't to, to be, to be fair. I, I, I think it's actually that the fact that I can't quite pin down where she's coming from, what's going on in her head whether she could potentially be a bad guy in the future. I think that's what I like about it. And, and and I think you're right. I think your points combined with Mark's, I think that she might be problematic in the future as a protagonist, but I think that's why I like the character so much is that it, it has that kind of uh, complexity to it. You can see her struggling to keep her anger in check in a much more complicated way than Bayek. I mean, Bayek is, is you know, your, your, your classic thug when he gets angry, he hits someone. I, uh, it seems like there's there's a lot of cogs turning behind the scenes uh, and and that made her more compelling for me. But but I definitely see your concerns about her potentially being a protagonist. I do wish that Ubisoft would stop trying to do these little test beds as well. I, I, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think that is exactly what they've done. They've put her in there as a half measure to kind of be like, well, we'll see what people react. I really wish they would just be bold and throw someone like that out there just once, just just in one of their games, just throw, throw a really interesting, unusual character out there from the get go and go, OK, what do you guys think? Um, but I think that's asking too much of Ubisoft, to be honest. They do like to just throw in little tests <laughs> yeah, and little, little like, oh, do people like this? Oh, I don't know. It is a huge multi-million selling franchise. You can't... Yeah. Be, I mean, from a business perspective, you don't want to be no. that risky. That that said, I, I don't think having a female protagonist is probably exorbitantly risky. So, no. you know, maybe they... I, I think, like I said, I, I think they are trying to get there. They just are being careful. And so, you know, I I don't want to have this devolve into a, you know, should we have female protagonist conversation, (laughs) but, you know, they, they seem to be ahead of at least some other companies in in that regard. Yeah, for me, uh, you guys have both sort of just alluded to it with Ubisoft so often everything feels like it's been focus grouped, like (laughs) deep into the ground, like just, it's, they you know, it's it's as if every decision they make has come from the results of like an email survey to to Ubisoft like dot com registers. You know, like 
Uh, you know, it just drives me crazy. I'm absolutely positive that that is far closer to the truth than you. I, I know you're being sarcastic, but like that's only yeah, no, only slightly. I yeah, <laughs> I, I always say that a Ubisoft game is always good and can never be great because they're never mm. doing anything yep. out of the ordinary. But everything that they do do is like impeccably designed to be very decent. So they they tend to not at least these huge AAA games. Uh, you know, I guess this is more gameplay, but even the characters, I guess, really, they're not too out there, and they never will be, because it's too risky. So, yeah, you know, that's why I think Aya and Bayek are, are kind of okay characters. They're not great, though. They don't have really the depth that you really need to have for a great character. They have motivations, but they're... They're kind of surface level, maybe. Mm. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say. I think. I think those two characters worked somewhat well together, since Bayek had, sort of just a general goodness to him. You know, Bayek was clearly a good guy, even as he was killing people and doing it in the name of revenge. He. He always seemed like he was doing it for the right reasons, whereas Aya always goes and she has she's just seems dark to me so mm. I, I always felt like she was always doing something for the wrong reasons even when they both were doing the same thing together you know they those characters have some depth because of that and the way they interact together i think that was you know done very decently but again it it was never great and nothing about this game is ever going to be great but it's all somewhat good well speaking of characters with surface motivations but not much going on underneath uh, i want to talk about the order of the ancients the the, the proto templars possibly i i mean i again it, this is funny coming from someone who's a super fan of the series but i've always had a problem with the templars <laughs> because some some of them individually and this is a key thing with a lot of Assassin's Creed games is, and their characters some of them individually have been really interesting and there's been some really interesting writing interesting hearing their philosophies and wondering oh actually i can kind of see where they're coming from but when you take the organization as a whole in almost every case it just turns into bond villains really cookie cutter two-dimensional stuff i mean in this case the head of the the order of the ancients is flavius who i think we meet about two seconds before they go oh and he's the head of the order of the ancients <laughs> like, okay who is he uh and then you get to the final fight he's just ranting about power and order and wanting to be somebody i don't know it, it all just devolved into the same old nonsense towards the end and uh, i i guess that's getting old now even for me uh, the, the the templars need a real shake-up at the moment uh, they haven't been good since uh since haytham in in the Assassin's Creed three in my opinion um i know that i know that nodge uh in again the same same community member has come in with quite a lot of information this 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 month but he's come in again with with a couple of interesting points about one or two of the order uh he said or they said sorry while some of the members of the order of ancients were rather forgettable some of them actually stuck with me the murder of the girl shadia ordered by berenica the crocodile was one of my more memorable scenes in a video game of recent years and provided some depth to the villains that we don't often see in ac games the Templars, the Templars' desire for order and control often left rather predictable antagonists, and whilst not all of the enemies in this game had the same level of detail, some of them, like the Crocodile, were more fleshed out than I had anticipated. 
so that's that's basically coming from the same angle as me i think that they've always been they've always found a few good bad guys amongst the the herd but the closer you get to the head of the thing it just seems to fall apart every time i don't know how you guys felt about this iteration of of the order i I think you're at the nail on the head when the main villain is someone i i encountered him i literally had no idea who he was and i felt like did i forget something because i mean i didn't play this over a few weeks so i was thinking like man when did i ever learn about this guy and maybe he was mentioned but i don't remember it so i mean he just came out of nowhere and he was some like psychopath like ancient lover and you know he that was just terrible and really all of them were (laughs) were pretty bad even you know berenica they they did have her kill the little girl which obviously makes her to be a pretty terrible person but that was the extent of her character development we know okay berenica is truly terrible person okay that's that's everything we know about her. She's she's just that. We don't know why any of these people are a part of it. We don't even know what the First Order or whatever it's called wants. That's probably a Star Wars thing, isn't it? Whatever they're called. Order of the Ancients. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> we don't know what they want either. Yeah, we don't know what any of the, these, these orders. They don't have any point. They're just bad to be bad. And that's... That's my criticism of Star Wars. So there. <laughs> Strangely, that's exactly the point I was waiting to bring up. Is I I just saw the Last Jedi a couple of days ago, and though I I'm yeah, I'm not a Star Wars fan. My fiance is obsessed to the point that she even has Star Wars tattoos. Um, so I don't like to criticize it in front of her too strongly, uh, unless I'll hurt her feelings. Uh, but I I did happen to enjoy that movie. Sorry, this is a tangent, but it will make sense at the end. But <laughs> I and I did happen to enjoy that movie, not being a fan, but I found it. Uh, sort of cookie cutter of the I you know I found myself dwelling on the first order, and I was thinking you know you know ultimately what what is their goal? Just I I suppose it's it seems to just be galactic domination, and then I think back on the other Star Wars, and it seems to always be the case that there's there's no you know there there's no nuance there. It's it's always just you know eventually the bad guy at the top, if not several of his underlings, just want all the power for themselves and. That is extremely boring to me, and I actually think Assassin's Creed historically did pretty well at not just doing that. I, you know, uh, I think back again to point to the Ezio years, they fleshed it out pretty well, and even with the first game, uh, the conflict between the Templars and the Assassins being that the Assassins want the world to maintain their free will even if it kills them essentially like they they want people to be allowed to fail and to be allowed to make their own choices for better or worse whereas the templars their motives you know sam the our resident assassin's creed historian can correct me if i'm wrong but as i understood it at least years ago (laughs) i thought their motives were we want to control people for the betterment of those people and for them it wasn't you know that's that's not what the star wars bad guys are about for for them it just seems like galactic domination and you know in so many other properties we see the bad guys ultimately just want all the power and and that's really boring to me there there's no there's no uh, like i said there's no nuance there and but then here in, in origins it does sort of devolve back into that uh bond villain status like you mentioned sam where you know flavius not only is he thrown in pretty much like on just on the final mission it's like oh by the way go kill this guy now uh but I, I never, I never felt like his motivations were were that interesting as as the old some some of the old villains had portrayed 
Um, you, you can, I'm genuinely curious if I, if I misread that for years, Sam, or is, is that, do I have the right read? No, you're right. And, and uh, for me personally, then they've, they still haven't beaten Haytham Kenway in the third one. And I'm not sure they ever will. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, I, what I liked about the times when they did the order well was that, that it seemed to be a group of people desperately just trying to grasp control of the chaos of life and the way that humans turned on each other um that's when it was strongest and it is a shame to see that in this when they had this opportunity to get away from the moniker of templars and the moniker of assassins that if anything it devolved even more into the 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 tropes that we'd expect from bad guys when to me it seemed like a perfect opportunity to as we have seen with bayek to show why a templar would become a templar um and it just didn't happen. It just seemed like a bunch of bad people trying to oppress other people. And it just, we've seen that so much in other games outside of Assassin's Creed. You know, there's always, you know, if you're in an open world and there's a big conflict, there tends to be an oppressed people and a controlling people. And it doesn't ever get much deeper than that. And I think with the historical context, Assassin's Creed's got so much opportunity to actually take it a bit deeper than that. And unfortunately, in this case, they didn't. Um, but I, I, I haven't given up on it. I think that at least they've set stuff up uh, as Kevin alluded to, there's a possibility that that you know this isn't the final Templar order that we've seen. The order of order of the ancients might just be the the inciting incident that that created the assassins, but they might not necessarily turn themselves into the Templars. That maybe that will happen somewhere else. So I'm hopeful that maybe in the future they might be able to turn it into something a little bit more like the old days. But yeah, and that to for them to go that route, that would actually revive some of my interest for the series. Uh, although I have to say, I don't, I don't know, uh, what evidence there was in the, in the game. I mean, other than just that it's, you know, there's no evidence to the contrary, I suppose maybe. Um, but I, I guess that's more Kevin's theory. Could, could you explain to me, is, is there anything in the game that, that leads you to believe that that might happen, Kevin? Cause that would be a cool route for them to take. Well, I just look at it. I, I think that the first and first order, <laughs> I, I think that the, the order of the ancients is is definitely not the Templars. Hmm. Uh, like affirmatively, I, I really truly believe that they are not the same. I think that they are being used as a springboard to create both the assassins and the Templars. Because, like you said, the Templars are are evil in that they want to be oppressive, but they are not out generally, at least for power for the sake of power. They have some kind of ultimate goal of you know shaping the world in the way that they think it will be better now obviously we all are meant to believe that it's not actually better but at least there's there's some positive intent from their twisted point of view whereas the order of the ancients is clearly just i want all the power and i don't care about anyone else so that doesn't jive i i don't think that those two organizations are the same and you know obviously in in reality such an organization could morph into the other but i just don't think that they're doing that here I think they're going to, instead, obviously they've created the assassins now. I think that the assassins are going to split in half in a choice. You know, like at the end, Aya says, you know, we need to kill the people that we need to kill to make the world a better place, which isn't necessarily really what the assassins are all about. The assassins are, are really about maintaining what we have sort of at least that's that's what it seems like to me whereas the templars are really the ones that want to 
change thing. And and that's why I think Aya is going to become the first Templar and found the Templar Order. I think Ubisoft is trying to create like a three-game trilogy. They created the Assassins. Now they're going to finish off the Order of the Ancients and at the end of that, create the Templars and then have, you know, a first big duel that ends in Bayek killing his wife. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't see it how she gets any redemption at the end of this and still having these two factions coexist as, you know, clear rivals. So anyway, that's, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I don't see how this story really goes any other way. That's remotely interesting. It certainly could, but I I don't think it would be better for it. And the way that it's written in a way that, you know, they never call these Templars. They never really even allude to it. We all just assume that they are because they are the antagonists and we know the Templars are always the antagonists. I think here they just aren't. Yeah, it would be cool if they play with expectations like that. I, I would very much... I would... You know, I was going to get to the point eventually about how this this is probably the last time I jump on Assassin's Creed early. Historically, I've, I've continued to do that. I don't know why. Just because I like third-person action-adventure games, essentially. Uh, and this, for me, this was going to be like the the final nail where I'll still play them, but, you know, not not until many months later when i get through some other backlogged items and but if i catch wind that they're going down such a path with it that that would be interesting for me i also just briefly i think it's interesting how you mentioned that they could go take this down another trilogy route because it's it's always seemed so strange to me that they did altair for a game and then they did Ezio for three because they were kind of like you know i think with two blowing up the way it did that's when they sort of committed to the the annual release schedule, and then they're like, okay, well, let's just crank these out pretty quickly. And you you could kind of see when you look back on the series as a whole how uh, how they were sort of flying by the seat of their pants, and they were just kind of really winging it just to to ensure that they could pump these out annually. And that's when the the story really stopped making so much sense. But for them to have gone back to the beginning like this, that could ultimately be a very good thing. So before we wrap up on the story elements and move on to the gameplay, I think it's worth having a quick chat about the present day stuff and the first civilization stuff. Uh, it's something that I've never had as much of a problem with as, as perhaps a lot of people who are quite vocal about they don't want any of that in there at all. They just want it to be a historical game. I don't think that would work. I think it is ultimately a bit of a sci-fi game for me anyway. I think that there are a fair amount of people out there who quite like the idea of unlocking this weird time-spanning mystery throughout the whole the whole series so i'm glad it was in there i i do think that they made it all a little bit too vague in origins particularly for me it felt like rather than there being a good narrative reason for all the first civilization stuff to be so vague it was more ubisoft testing the waters kind of vague it seemed to me like they just thought, okay, let's throw in some really, really basic stuff, some really vague hints to what the first civilization parts of this new era of Assassin's Creed are going to be about, but let's not commit to anything in particular about what where that's going, because we might just have to change it because everyone will hate us again if we try and try and force the story down a certain avenue. So I, I did find particularly the stuff with Bayak where he went and found the first civilization recordings 
and just stood there gormless as though he just didn't care about the fact that someone's talking absolute nonsense out of the air in front of him. <laughs> I, I don't get why don't get why he didn't react to to any of that. Um, I'm not sure if I missed some kind of story cue as to why he wouldn't be reacting, but it was all everything that the first civilization seemed to be saying there was all about sort of oh we know that the world nearly ended but it didn't but it might again and time is fluid and everything could change it seemed to me like ubisoft were maybe leaving themselves an out to essentially wreck on the whole of the modern day stuff with desmond and say you know time is relative we might be in a different timeline now maybe we can just scrap all that and come up with a better first civilization story uh i felt if i was very cynical i i I was quite put off by that Uh, so so yeah that that really felt flat for me so on the first civilization stuff how did you guys feel about the the small amount that we got i i didn't really feel much about it really because it was really just uh, unbelievably badly told it (laughs) is literally just standing around and you're right i don't know why Bayek doesn't react. There's definitely no narrative cue for it. You go in there, you click this glowing thing, which should be amazing to him, and then he just sits there and makes no comment on it. You know, in the one one with the story, like the the order of the ancient scroll you're chasing after is just yelling at you, and you're just standing around listening to this and no comment whatsoever. It's so <laughs> weird and. I don't. I don't remember if Ezio did. Ezio like react to this when he was doing it. That's the only other. Well, he this, he did. This is the thing: is that one of my favorite parts of Assassin's Creed Two. The thing that really made me get into Assassin's Creed was I thought it was so brave how they ended Ezio's story in in the first Assassin's in Assassin's Creed Two, with him going through so much, getting this message, and then he's so devastated that he doesn't even understand what the hell they just said to him, and it just cuts to black with him saying, "I have so many questions." Yeah. I, that felt like such a strong and amazing moment. I, I remember feeling like, oh my god, I can't believe they just cut him out like that. Um, it's it, it really felt strong, and and so I really noticed when Bayek was just like, oh yeah, fine, they're saying some stuff. I don't care, whatever. I'll just carry on raiding some tombs. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the the I think that was the apple of Eden that he was messing with, whatever that thing was. Mm. Uh, he. <laughs> He doesn't also really seem to to care about that or react like when Julius becomes or Julius, whatever, you know, this monster, he never cares about any of this. It's like this weird magical stuff. Granted, I I understand, you know, ancient culture, not ancient, but anyway, uh, older culture, they have older religion that has this gods and magic and, and that kind of thing in it that that's more believable in his world but still it's not like he actually would normally see it so now you've got actual proof in front of you and he's doesn't care literally no reaction whatsoever (laughs) ever to any of it you know kill a whole town with like whatever the hell they did no care i mean he cared that everyone died but no question as to how this was even possible when he goes back to see it so I, i don't know i'm not talking about the ancients at all but anyway as far as them their story again told so poorly that i couldn't even understand it you're expected to just sit there and listen to like multiple minutes of monologue at a time of really confusing monologue it just it just didn't work i don't i have no idea what happened i don't care at all what happened it's just just terrible they ugh. That was probably the worst part of the game, honestly. 
Yeah, and for me, uh, I think I've said in our threads elsewhere that the first Civ storylines were always my favorite part. Well, for years were my favorite part, and then less and less with each game, they focus on them. And again, for like the fourth time this episode, uh, I'll point to Assassin's Creed 2, like you did, Sam, and Brotherhood as well. They had some really standout uh, first civilization moments, and they really seem to be building an interesting sci-fi universe. And, and for me, like you, the sci-fi element is important to Assassin's Creed. I, I don't want it to just be a game where we're going through the time machine like on our Xboxes. I want the characters in the present day to literally be going through that animus. And like I, I want that to be the canon to the story. I don't just want to jump to X year in the past. It, the, and you know, I'm, I'll, it's it's a bit hypocritical of me because I know there was some first Civ stuff in this game to to consume. Uh, and despite the fact that it's th- those are my favorite moments of previous games, I actually ultimately uh, didn't seek out much of it. I know you pointed me in the direction of some of it. Uh, it just seemed to me, you know, it, even the first time you jump to the present day and you read some of uh, Layla's 250 emails <laughs> that they give you for some reason... Uh, it seemed to me that it, like you said, they were trying to work around it to maybe distance themselves from it permanently, and that's, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like to be a downer on these games because I do think Assassin's Creed Origins, just like all of our playlist games this year, I do think it does some things well and some things even really well, but, you know, the first Civ stuff is what's most important to me, and pretty much since Assassin's Creed Three, they haven't focused on it in any meaningful way as far as I can tell, like for, for them to end three, the way they did with seemingly you letting the genie, you know, the proverbial genie out of the bottle. And now they're sort of retconning all that because for years it's went at least under addressed, if not totally unaddressed, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's just gotten so confusing. They've obviously lost the plot to the extent that I don't know why I continue to care about the plot. Yeah. And I think it's typical of a lot of sci-fi, uh, sci-fi narratives that may be stretched a little bit past their sell by date that the original creators didn't have any idea where it was actually going to go and now it's still popular and so i yep. think i like i said i i, I think it, they kept it so vague because they don't know where they want to go next with it and they wanted this game out the door they were happy with a lot of the other elements of this game they had no idea where to put the first civilization stuff um, because this was an origin story about the assassins more than the first civ stuff so they thought okay it needs to be in there somewhere let's just do some stuff about time and space and stuff and that'll satisfy the few people that we think are actually still interested in this but i think they've mis they've un- they misunderestimated sorry they underestimated uh the amount <laughs> to of use people. a george bushism <laughs> yeah sorry about that um yeah. <laughs> i think they've underestimated how many people really do care about that stuff because i i i frequently see people talking in comments uh, in forums and stuff every time one of these comes out about oh i wonder what's going on with the first civ stuff i haven't seen that this time because people just don't know anymore uh, and i think that it's that's backfired their attempt to to try and scale back from that and hope that they can come up with something new in the future. I think they've, they've, they've really messed up on that point. You know, I, I don't think that they have, honestly, I think, like I said, I mean, we all know these Ubisoft games are focus group, like havens. So (laughs) I, I'm sure that most people don't care. I don't care about the first of stuff whatsoever. I never really did. I mean, I was, moderately interested at the end of Assassin's Creed 2 of course because at that point the series was so fresh that that was a major revelation but slowly but surely 
it kind of went away. So, you know, at, at this point, it it really doesn't matter to me. I it could be interesting, but it's really not. And there's so much confusing lore to it now that I I don't really ever want to know about it. It just it doesn't <laughs> seem worth it. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And certainly there are, there are dedicated fans that love this. You guys obviously are some of them. There are plenty of others, but I don't think it is any kind of significant number of people. So I I would not say that they have really you know shot themselves in the foot or anything like that. I I would say that they made the right choice, kind of hiding this and pushing it away because it's really not what these games are successful for it and it, it's certainly not why i like them hmm. yeah and and i must i must admit i i you know i am um, i know mark's the same we probably do tend to look at things from a narrative perspective and the story perspective but i am well aware that there are a lot of people who play the assassin's creed series every year they love it they've never watched a cutscene. you know they skip all that because they like the experience of the gameplay they like exploring the worlds and and that's that's fair enough um so so yeah i think you you do have a point there i I do think that the people who do care about the narrative i think a lot of them more than you might think care about the first civilization side but i think you're right there are a lot of people who for whom the story is okay but secondary the 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 meat of the game is actually going out there and exploring the worlds Before we move on to the gameplay proper, I, I personally, for me, the I wanted to talk about the open world itself because, uh, aside from the typical Ubisoft open world trappings, which I'm sure we'll get onto, I'm sure Mark will will talk about. Geographically, this game was one of the most beautiful open worlds I've ever explored. Uh, I'm currently playing through Legends of Zelda: Breath of the Wild uh, separately. I think that's the only game that's challenging it for me this year in terms of a, a genuinely beautiful world that i want to go out into and and discover stuff in uh when i hit level 25 in this game or some somewhere around there well before the meat of the story really kicked in i just abandoned the story completely and just struck off on my camel across the desert uh looking for stone circles looking for tombs just wandering around picking up the occasional side quest not necessarily even completing it just just picking up the start of the story and thinking oh that's kind of interesting i might go back to that wandering up cliffs finding places to 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 rest finding these little hermit locations getting lost in a hallucination in the desert or uh running into a sandstorm it all just just felt wonderful extraordinary really to 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 wander around uh i i mean i've never spent much time with with photo modes in games before now but i spent a good couple of hours in this game at least uh just stopping going oh that might actually make a nice photo i'm gonna stop for a bit um I, I really appreciated that. I think that was this was the perfect time for Assassin's Creed to, to go in that direction uh, and really focus on making it a beautiful world. I think they've started doing it anyway in some of their other games like uh, like Far Cry and, and Ghost Recon. I think it's worked even better in this particular Assassin's Creed. Um, 
so I just wonder what you guys thought of Egypt itself as a as a setting and, and almost a character in its own right. I I know a lot of people that were very excited, you know, for years. Egypt has been has been like the the most desired destination for the series. Uh, I never really minded where it went throughout history. I I always thought they did a pretty good job of of putting us in that time and place. Uh, so Egypt to me, as a prospective destination, was about just as interesting as any other uh you know on apparently on the xbox one x this is the the best looking game uh of them all so far that have been enhanced uh, i don't have a, a one x yet i think kevin maybe played this on a one x so maybe he can tell I, us i think that's accurate yeah it, but just uh to, to speak generally in terms of the setting and uh it, it was fun i you know for some reason like sandy dunes just always look glorious in video games i guess those are just easy to animate uh, not animate but uh to uh to render uh, you know journey uh mad max it looks great just so you know assassin's creed does benefit from that seemingly universal trait of you know video game engines that can just make deserts look really really beautiful uh i thought some of the towns were samey but you know that's probably historically accurate anyway not towns but the settlements um a lot a lot of them were indistinguishable from one another but like i was saying that maybe maybe history tells us that's how it would have been anyways i imagine that's exactly how it would have been uh but you know even some of the palaces and everything like i would i would have thought there would have been more variety there and i didn't really see it uh but generally i had really no issues uh no major issues with the environments as compared to, you know, the, some of the story beats that I really had a problem with. Yeah. I actually really, really loved this world. I, I thought it was so fun to just like Sam said, just walk around. I honestly was not going to get all the achievements in this game, mainly because I didn't want to go and complete 400 locations, which just sounded like a terrible grind, but I found myself just naturally going and, doing them and part of that is just kind of like obsessive completionist personality that i'm trying to get away from but you know even despite the achievements i would have done that anyway even if this was a playstation game or a nintendo game or or whatever i still would have gone and done a, a good number of these because it was just cool it was cool to you know the first time you go into one of those tombs it it seems awesome and it honestly none of the tombs are really capturing what they could be i was expecting something like tomb raider or like the the tombs in i think assassin's creed 2 series it had a few like really great kind of tomb locations yeah better platforming puzzles yeah there's no platforming to them that's the problem and that's really the only thing this game was really missing i think is is that i think the tombs were an incredible way to do that and None of them really did. Instead, they used those weird little, like, like move-the-barrel puzzles, which were not fun. And, <laughs> you know, other than that, though, you know, it, it, despite that, I guess, it, it was still really fun to just go out and do all of these activities. You know, climb to the top of this. You can go in the tomb. You can go kill the people in this little fort. I, and I did like, by the way, when one of the characters mentions to Bayek, I don't know if you guys did the side quest with one of the wrestlers or not wrestlers, gladiators, who's like kind of washed mm-hmm. out. And he says, you know, once I, I went up against a whole garrison, have you ever done that? And Bayek just says, you know, I've, I've dabbled. 
which is really funny because like, <laughs> I I regularly massacre garrisons of enemy soldiers. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, I I thought that was a funny nod to that, and he, or sorry, the the whole world. I guess it it was just fun to experience. So I did end up actually getting that achievement because it was just legitimately fun the entire time. I would every time I went to a new area before I'd continue on with the story, I'd try to knock out as many of these as possible and it it wasn't grindy it was just legitimately very fun and that's because the world is just so nice to be in it it looked good and it was interesting so very very well done i think yeah i think i think part of the reason why it works perhaps better than other Assassin's Creed games as well is that they've, they've got rid of so many of the, the kind of fail states that you would get, even with the incidental stuff you could do in the environment, you know, that if you're going into a fort to, to get the treasure or kill the captain and you fail, uh, you kind of just go straight back and do that again. There's not this kind of, a few of the entries in the series have had things where you, you've tried to capture a tower, but oh, one of the guards has seen you, he's run off, he's not going to be back for 12 hours, you're going to have to wait. And they've, they've taken out a lot of the drudgery of that. You can literally just run into an area and do what you want, come back later, pick up some more of it. You, there's, there's a lot less uh, ag- of an aggravating need to get something done right the first time that I think there always was in, in, in a lot of the previous entries. And yeah, and uh, I wanted to add, it's funny in a game like this, one one of my biggest issues with the the overall world, which I guess we're we're sort of segueing into, is is the checklist nature of of some of all the things you can do in it. But the times that I enjoyed this environment the most were actually those when I sort of you know you can kind of catch yourself just sprinting from icon to icon and just marking them off like a shopping list. And but alternatively, if you slow things down, like I did a few times and just sort of soaked in the atmosphere and would just ride through town, not desperate to get to the next blip on the radar, but just to sort of, you know, admire the scenery it in those moments, that's when I actually was most fond of, of this game. Uh, you know, there, you know, there were, there were a few other moments that I really enjoyed as well. That's not exclusively what I liked about Assassin's Creed origins, but, uh, (laughs) that would be (laughs) probably terrible, but, uh, I don't know if you guys ever did that. I, I think so often these these open world sandboxy games with so much to do, they're just you know they attach themselves to us in such a way that they like demand that we're constantly chasing the next icon and the next side mission and the next collectible. But if you actually just slow it down and just sort of you know not even not even on horse or camelback, if you just walk through a, a settlement and just you know listen in on some conversation, the conversations weren't always interesting, but uh, just kind of witness people going about their daily lives. It was really cool, and I I think that's one thing that Ubisoft has always gotten right with these worlds. You know whether we were in Rome or Boston or wherever we were, it's they they've they've done a really good job of that. And of course you know as the years go on, they they only improve that aspect of it as technology allows them to. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it is a big part of why Origins works. I know you said that that maybe only focus on that one part of, of, of the experience of Origins might make it seem like a bad game. But I think it is a it's a significant part of why Origins works and why a lot of the best open world games work is, is when you can just kind of go off the beaten track or just spend time absorbing the area around you. I think, I think it's definitely succeeded there. I think that another area that it has definitely improved in is the combat i think that there's still some way to go it's not the best combat system in the world ever it's no dark souls 
but uh, there's certainly a lot more going on than there ever has been. We're not just endlessly parrying everyone around us until everyone's arms drop off or we get tired. (laughs) (laughs) We are actually having to think about who we're fighting and how they're fighting, where they're fighting from, what weapons we've got. That, it seems so basic when you think about some other games in this kind of action RPG space, but it's something that Assassin's Creed really needed. And I think if we're, I think it's time to maybe accept that Assassin's Creed isn't the stealth game. And if we're doing that, then I think that it's it, it's a good thing that, that they've properly taken on a full fleshed out combat experience rather than the half measures they've gone with in the past. I think I think that if we're sort of abandoning stealth as the main focus, uh, then at least now we've got a, a meteor combat system to play with. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, I don't really agree that that's what they've done for, for one I I think they're trying to do more like what they did with Splinter Cell Blacklist. And in that game, you could play either more like a, a pacifist, no killing, or you could go all in, or you could go in the middle just stealthily killing people. And, you know, the game rewarded you for any of those three different approaches. I think <clears throat> Assassin's Creed is trying to do the same thing here. So if you want to play it like an action game, you can. I most of the forts I went through completely stealthily. I rarely actually got into a big brawl, so it it can definitely still be played that way if you want to. And you know, I found that to be a little bit, you know, marginally more fun. So I did. I think the combat was trying to copy Dark Souls a bit too much. Having recently played it, now I I can see where that came from, and it was definitely not nearly as good. You know, for sure it, it was not, and. I think it was a little too simple. Uh, and granted, I really like action games, hack and slash type action games. So, you know, maybe I'm being a little too picky, but I I thought it was very boring. The counters didn't really work. I would have liked to see a better counter system, though not like a Batman Arkham one like Assassin's Creed used to use, but more like a, like a traditional hack and slash action system could be fun or with dodges or anything like trying to break someone's shield was really obnoxious because you'd have to charge up and then hope that you didn't get hit in the process. It just wasn't very fun to me. It was, it was really simple. I got through most of the game on normal difficulty, just spamming my two handed ax, which seemed to be by far the best weapon. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't really like the combat. I, I think, there's a lot of room to grow. I think it was better, but I never thought it was good. So I, I don't think we're still we're in a good place yet. We're just slightly improved. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fresh start. You know, like you said, it's certainly much different from what they've done previously, and it is taking heavy inspiration from Dark Souls. And I agree that it it doesn't quite nail it like Dark Souls does. I found myself whiffing on a lot of um, attempts to to hit enemies sometimes, like as if. The, I don't maybe I was just distancing myself too much in in combat, but I found a lot of times uh, just going with for like light attack flurries, I would like whiff on several in a row, and I was like, I feel like I'm not doing anything wrong here. I don't know if you guys had that problem. Yeah, if I can interrupt, that's because most action games, hack and slash action games, give you a little lunge, yeah, and this game doesn't. So you're not lunging towards the enemy, and a lot of them, especially the archers, like to constantly run away from you. It's really obnoxious. I hated that, and <laughs> that's that's why that's happening because you're not lunging, and they didn't build a lunge into it, or you know, 
it, it needs to be it's there it's subtle in most games but it's it's almost always there it's not there here so that's why it's like that and it doesn't work and and i can kind of accept that as you know this is their first iteration just just as they built and built on top of their previous combat system which i think between one and two was different and then from two onward they they kind of just uh iterated it and tried to improve it if uh, uh again our sam the historian can correct me after but uh i you know this is i think this combat system is here to stay i welcome it i don't know if that's controversial uh it's it seems like it might be sort of controversial i've heard from a lot of assassin's creed fans regarding this game and it's it's almost 50 50 in my feedback as to whether or not people enjoyed this new system uh i wonder if among those that enjoyed it how many of those people also played dark souls because it's probably very familiar to those people uh and maybe like rich for example um true achievement himself for those that don't know the guy who made the site uh he really didn't like the combat system but he also hasn't played and probably wouldn't enjoy anyways dark souls uh so i wonder if that's sort of indicative of of where people would fall uh in terms of how much they liked or disliked it but personally i i liked it at you know if if i do come back to the series which like i said I, i will just many months later when they're on sale uh i expect it'll it'll improve over the next few and I think this is at least a good starting place. Yeah, I mostly agree with both of you, to, to be honest, uh, in, in different aspects. I think that it is an improvement. I definitely agree with Kevin. They have to sort out the countering system that, that, that basically is just not even there. And, and games that aren't even that combat focused have better countering systems than than Origins did. Uh, again, to reference Breath of the Wild, I've just been playing. I'm finding that a lot easier to actually be able to understand where I should be positioned and, and how I should attack things. Still has the same issue that we've seen here where sometimes char- uh, enemies just seem to leap out of the way every single time you go towards them and you end up chasing them down a hill, not ever hitting them. And it just doesn't... It's more frustrating than it is engaging. Um, I think open world games have kind of got that problem unless they adopt a very strict countering system like we saw in shadow of mordor um and arkham the arkham games and and the older assassins games but i think i would take this one over the old style which i always just found a bit boring i just found myself irritated if i ever got into a fight in the old games because i just have to stand still with my sword up until everyone died it just, yeah, it wasn't really combat as far as I was concerned. So I appreciate what they've done. I think they've got a long, long way to go to to make it work. Um, but I would be very much interested to see them carry on with this concept, uh, even if it needs a lot of work. I think that's uh, <laughs> I think that's a really perfect distillation of previous Assassin's Creed combat. By the way, just standing there waiting <laughs> for the enemies to attack you is, and you're right, I hated it. I never really thought about why. That's exactly. It. <laughs> You just do nothing until finally the enemy attacks you. It's terrible. Yeah. Just awful. So anyway, uh, you know, good. That's, that's good. <laughs> it is better than that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not... It's not directly related to, you know, the mechanics of the combat as, as they are on the controller, but I thought one thing that this game really improved upon that, that the series was desperate for was it eliminated the sort of hive mind mentality of enemies. Like, you'd get to an encampment, and oftentimes, um, certainly with the much older ones, may, maybe they touched up on this with Syndicate and some other recent ones, but not to my memory, but they're all honestly very forgettable, so... Uh, but in, in Origins, you could, you know, alerting one or, or 
a few enemies didn't set the whole base into a, into like danger red alert mode you know like you you could i could blow my cover with with a guy fight him off like behind a building where we're we're out of sight and you know get get back to stealthing if, if that was my intent which uh, in a game that offers stealth is is almost always my intent i usually prefer that over just uh straight up like action gameplay yeah, I think I think I noticed that a bit as well. I think I think they have gradually evolved that somewhat, but I think it helps that it helps that because this is such an open world and and it's not it's not an urban environment that that enemies can be a little bit more adaptive. Um, I quite like that when the opposite happened and and you think you've you've just dealt with the one guy who who noticed you, but it happens that a patrol was going past just outside the encampment and because you know there's no door on the encampment and they can see exactly what's going on and suddenly you're dealing with five extra camels that you weren't expecting uh sometimes even one of those uh i forget what they're called but the the, the big boss guys that that kind of travel around the whole area in 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 the oh the filakis or whatever that's possibly how you say it yep um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the thigh lakes come on okay is it <laughs> no, no, it is <laughs> But they could occasionally turn up, especially if the, if the if the alarm was raised. I quite like that. That what seemed like a simple, like okay, I guess I have to deal with the, deal with the regular guys, could suddenly turn into oh no, this guy is a you know this is this is serious business. I actually have to leave now. Um, I quite like <laughs> that it was a bit more adaptive like that. It, and, and as you said, it felt less like a hive mind and more like individual instances cropping up. It felt more natural, and I think that's something that. F- Far Cry's done relatively well recently. I felt like they maybe borrowed a little bit of that from, especially Far Cry Primal felt like a bit more adaptive in that sense. Um, so I think again, as Ubisoft tend to do, it's all kind of every game they produce feeds into the next game they produce, regardless if it's the same series. And I think <laughs> there's definitely been some benefit in in that in, that we've seen in Origins. I do think it's funny how. You know, for, for years, people, the, the joke about Ubisoft was always the towers. Every game had towers to climb, and that's how you reveal the map for yourself. And and they've sort of gone away from that. I mean, some of their games do still do such things. I think Watch Dogs 2 had something similar. Uh, I mean, even in Assassin's Creed, you can still do the synchronized high points, but you don't have to do it to get the map anymore. Uh, but now replacing the towers, I feel like, is like the drone mechanic, where whether it be like an owl and primal or the uh the eagle in in origins or just actual drones in watchdogs like that seems to be their new like go-to mechanic that we're going to see in every game for the next <laughs> two to four years yeah they do like to iterate they they, they love a good iteration <laughs> um, <laughs> again it's that focus group it's, mentality it's, yeah it's cheaper that way they've already determined that this works really well so why not stick it in literally yeah every... <laughs> let's find a way to put a drone in classical egypt and I think they found it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the bird can just pause in air. <laughs> I like how there's no... This game tries to be somewhat somewhat grounded in reality, and then Bayek just has an owl that he can control and see through its eyes, and no one ever touches upon that either. It's kind of yeah, weird, isn't it? I mean, it? he also likes a big snake. Uh, I mean, that's, that's true. I know that was a hallucination, but that, that yeah. also felt a bit like, okay, he's doing this now. That's fine. I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's some magical stuff going on, but... I mean, how if if he can control eagles, how come no one else ever did that in the future? They just yeah. lose, forget how to control <laughs> eagles and see through their eyes or 
you know. Well, in the future, it evolved to uh, to seeing people as like colored blips and, and like. Oh yeah, uh, we didn't have that. Assassin's Creed Vision or whatever it was called, did we? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So in the future, yeah, you you don't need eagles. In the future, you can just all, see glowing yeah. outlines around people through walls, and that's kind of... <laughs> yeah. They they look like Tacoma actually, if you remember. <laughs> like people were like blue or red or yellow. It actually looked like uh, uh, what is it? Fulbright's Tacoma that came out last year. Yeah. Um, but actually speaking of, of the sort of more magical elements that I feel like they've slightly veered towards in this one uh, I know it's always been a part of Assassin's Creed but it definitely felt like they, they really threw it all in here because the, the RPG light elements of sort of the, the weapons and the and the gear seem to escalate towards the end of the game towards having actual magical swords which I thought I thought was interesting. It's actually from a gameplay perspective, it was really fun. I quite liked towards the end of the game having these blades that were on fire and cursed items that were super powerful, but took off half your health while you're holding them. It's it's very sort of basic fantasy trope RPG stuff. But actually, for me, because I was enjoying the playground so much, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked going after those papyrus uh, pap- papyri. I think is the plural <laughs> papyri. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and finding the the sort of more magical weapons, uh, and then going to town on 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 the nearest fort with a giant flaming sword. It seemed seemed to kind of fit the fun atmosphere that they were going for, particularly in the end game. I think. Yeah, I thought that was fun as well, and I actually was really happy. One of the first items I got was actually a bow that was always lit on fire, which was really amazing for that one achievement where you have to, you know light people on fire with oil barrels made it really easy i didn't have to find fire i could literally just fire at any arrow at an oil barrel and just catch on fire so that was nice and you know save save a little bit of weird grinding but it was i i never thought about that while i was playing but you're right that is kind of weird i mean it's not just straight up stats it's literally my blade is enchanted to always be on fire which is uh, I mean, okay yeah so uh, it's it's interesting but it, it did make it more fun i have uh two different visions two very different visions of where assassin's creed could go and i think both are very unlikely but i wonder between the two i would pose this to you guys and any listeners can chime in as well in the comments when we post this uh I wonder which one you'd rather see them do. Again, you know, accepting the fact that neither is likely. Because right with Assassin's Creed Origins, they do dip much further into the true RPG pool. I think their side mission questing very much tries to emulate uh, The Witcher 3. Uh, like you guys are saying, with the color-coded uh, classes of weapons. Th- those are all elements that, if people don't play RPGs, must have felt very unfamiliar and maybe even too involved for them. So, would you rather see... This is a, a, an impromptu game. Would you rather? I know I didn't. Uh, I know I didn't prime you guys on this, but would you rather see <laughs> better that way? Yeah. <laughs> would you rather see Assassin's Creed go full RPG route, a la you know maybe The Witcher Three sort of thing, which this one gets pretty close, but it still has to take several steps further, I think. Or what I've been thinking about a lot lately is because I'm so drained on the sandbox presentation of this game and so many others, I was wondering if it might be better. And again severely unlikely of Ubisoft to make an Assassin's Creed that was much more linear, uh, more akin to like an, an Uncharted. I know, Sam, you just played your first Uncharted recently, uh, or, or else maybe you're just in the midst of it still. Um, I played them all. I think, Kevin, you've played them enough to know what I'm talking about. Would you rather see one super linear where the story 
<laughs> makes sense and the beats uh are all there at you know timed well or would you want them to go like full rpg not not that they have to choose one or the other they'll probably always exist in the middle as as they have for so long i think that would be not like uncharted but probably closer to like dishonored right no, Dishonored's, Dishonored's got a playground. They're, you know, the the worlds aren't as big. It's more like hub levels. But I, I'm thinking if if they did go the way of Uncharted, where it's linear levels and, you know, they can really fine-tune the mechanics in the way that, that Naughty Dog is known for. Maybe you'll disagree there, Kevin, but uh, play Uncharted 4. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, would, would you want them to see you go super linear and, and tell a story that, that, you know, feels more riveting and, and more... Uh, as the focal point or would you want them to go like full rpg because they're they're not really trapped between two worlds i think they're happy with their with their their happy medium they've might might have found but with them going just so much more rpg-ish in this level i mean in this game uh i wonder if they could just go fully down that route or backtrack completely and, and do an assassin's creed that's that's linear and not at even a sandbox I don't think a linear Assassin's Creed could work, really. I think you would... I mean, if you're talking about even more linear than Dishonored, I, I think a Dishonored style would work fine. I like Dishonored. But if you're going more linear than that, then no, it doesn't really work because you start losing those stealth elements that don't really work very well. I, I understand that Uncharted and Last of Us and stuff like that kind of have some of that, but it it's not very good. And uh, you lose the ability... You need that ability to approach the target from multiple directions and kind of do it the way you want to, to really feel like a, a good assassin. I'm sure we'll do that a lot next month. And I, I, I think, I mean, really, we can have this discussion again then, but I, I suspect that that game, Hitman, that we're going to play will not have worked as a linear game, just like this wouldn't really work. If you want to have stealth assassination type stuff, you need to have multiple paths to the target. You need to have some kind of strategic decision-making in terms of how you do it. And if it's linear, you don't really get that. I think what they should do, and they definitely won't, is make it kind of more condensed. The open world doesn't need to be this massive. This ancient Egypt... I keep saying ancient, it's not. Classical Egypt is huge, but it's not... It, it, it well really it is mostly filled with stuff to do other than a few zones that are just pure desert dunes for no reason so <laughs> there's literally nothing to do there you just ride through it and discover it for an achievement so anyway uh you know it's it's got too much in it it, it would be a lot better if they condensed this stuff down so that you know every few steps they, i mean you need a little space but you know around every corner there's always something new and interesting to discover and this game has a lot of interesting things to discover but not enough to fill the entire world so i think they would do best to condense it a little bit and really focus on what is really really good and leave out all the stuff that's not that great hmm. yeah i mean i for me i think that they're treading a middle path and I kind of like that they are. I just think they need to do it more carefully. I think I like the fact that they are mixing in RPG elements. I don't think they should go full RPG. I don't want this to be Skyrim. Uh, I think that it's it needs to still be focused enough that it can produce some kind of story because Skyrim just doesn't have one, really. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that on a whole different podcast. But um, <laughs> it 
I think I think that they're treading a, a quite an impressive middle line, and that is why Ubisoft games are so controversial and so many people have problems with them is because they are trying to tread this middle line and this one perhaps more than ever they're really trying to do an open world thing a stealth thing a story thing and an rpg thing they can't even decide which uh sort of thematic genre they're in is it sci-fi is it fantasy is it historical fiction who knows i like that about it it's what makes it fun um and i think i hope that they just keep experimenting with it keep throwing it into new directions i mean this is a good point to talk about where else we think this might go in terms of, uh, particularly in terms of gameplay, we've talked a lot about the, the narrative. I think, I, I hope, and I also predict that we may see the return of multiplayer in the next game. I think that, <laughs> I, I worry that it might be that they try and ape Dark Souls even more and put something very Dark Souls in, in terms of the multiplayer. But I oh, think yeah. that it's the right time for them to, to awesome. experiment with it again. I mean, it would be awesome if they did it well, but given that they've tried to take some of Dark Souls already and maybe not done it so well, I do worry about how that would go. But it would definitely be interesting if they could implement some kind of, uh, not asynchronous, but uh, hop in, out, hop out, multiplayer like they have with watchdogs for example i think i think the watchdogs multiplayer is actually pretty good and i think it could work here and i do wonder whether that might be where they go next that that's that for me that's that's probably the next big step that they might take with the next next iteration i don't know if you guys had any thoughts on where else they might take it well i think they need to take it back to the assassin's creed 2 or brotherhood or whatever multiplayer i really thought that was really fun i really liked the you know small multiplayer playground where everyone's trying to assassinate each other i just really enjoyed that and i'm really sad that it's not there i would always even that those games were out definitely when i was in college and i was not playing many games in college but i always bought assassin's creed on release and just basically played only that and even play through the story i just played that little section <laughs> a lot because it was it was fun i could put a good 20 hours into that in each game and you know, I I enjoyed it. I would definitely like to see that back. I'm sure almost everyone is, you know, repulsed by that statement, but it I liked it. So I'd like to see it. As far as, you know, that other Watch Dogs, I think Watch Dogs basically blatantly stole that from Dark Souls, but it did work in Watch Dogs. Here, the combat definitely needs to be improved before that's going to work, but mm. it could work. I had a lot of good times in Dark Souls, and even in Watch Dogs, you know, I, I have fond memories of some guy invading me and me just pulling out a sniper and shooting him as, you know, he's trying to kill me. It's it's just so so rewarding when that kind of thing happens. It, it just feels really, really good. And I'm not sure either of you really did that in Dark Souls, but you get the same feeling there. Somebody invades you and you manage to take them down. It, it feels just really really good like you know you tried to kill me i stopped you i got a reward and you got screwed that i mean it's it's a nice feeling you know it's great to put other people down who are trying to put you down so i I was gonna say i think that it's 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 an apt time for them to just shove that straight in here and like i said i don't want them to shove it straight in i want them to think about it but it just everything is set up so perfectly for them to just go you know what let's just do that dark souls light thing again that we did uh and just just shove it into this this half half baked combat system that we've made um so i I do i do suspect that they might go down this route that but and they do have the assassins type stuff though which could you know add a wrinkle to it that's really good if it's done well you know, if you're trying to assassinate someone else 
and you, they give you tools to actually approach that in a fun way like the way this game is built the stealth isn't all that great so it wouldn't work very well but if they were to change things up and give players the tools they need really to locate their targets and really approach them in a stealthy way that's still quick enough to actually catch someone just running away that could be really fun so there's there's definitely a lot of potential there and hopefully they will find a way to capture it though i do worry that since it was in watchdogs and it isn't in here ubisoft already decided that they couldn't make it work because as we've we've already proven they love just doing the same thing over and over again and They've already done it once, and it's not here, so that's a little worrying. As for where I think the sort of multiplayer aspect of this game is going, I, I, you know, I do agree. It's strange that we didn't see it in this game as we did with Watch Dogs, because, like you said, Kevin, they're they're going to throw everything that works in every other game they're releasing uh, for the foreseeable future until it stops working. Uh, I do wonder if the story's final act is any indication that maybe they ran out of time for some ideas and i think we'll well if we don't see the invasion we'll definitely see something is is basically what i'm saying and i think the invasion thing is likely they'll iterate on that or i i actually would welcome the 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 old-fashioned like four on four hide and seek i used to really enjoy that mode and you know as you guys know and some others know uh, i don't really play much multiplayer at all uh but yeah, I, I think strangely enough that the the way the story wraps up so abruptly is actually an indication to me that you know this game took an additional year off for the first time since the first two games, uh, and it probably could have even done with a little bit more. But I think despite the fact that they took the additional year off, they also didn't want to miss their October window this year, so they still sort of uh, expedited things a little bit too much and probably have had to leave some things on the cutting room floor so to speak and i i bet you that that was probably part of it and we'll see it very soon probably next october yeah i think i think it it, i i would like them to take another year off it'd be interesting to see whether they do i think i think we'll find out very soon what they're doing within the next few months i think we'll 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 hear from them and and we'll we'll see see where they're going next but for me personally if they could just let it bake a little longer, that would be fantastic. Um, but but um, overall, with Assassin's Creed Origins, I guess I enjoyed where they've gone with it. I think they've got a lot of room to improve, but I think they've left themselves so many more avenues than normal to improve. And I think they've got a lot more positivity back from the community uh, that, that allows them to perhaps start to maybe even get away a little bit from their iterative nature and start to think, okay, maybe now that we've got a little bit more positive force behind us, we can we can actually throw some, some new stuff in there, some new ideas. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that in the future. Um, I just wanted to quickly share some other thoughts from the uh, community. Uh, we had uh, a few forum responses this month that that were mostly positive to be honest certainly certainly the people that really got involved with this game seemed to really uh enjoy some of the newer and fresher mechanics and and, and gameplay that the origins decided to, to to bring to us i'm going to start with tacky ticks i think that's your gamer tag apologies if not um <laughs> yeah this person said i really love this game it could be my favorite creed game yet still undecided at the moment uh I spend hardly any time on the story at all, spending most of the time exploring, being stealthy, and trying out new skills. The game is just stunning graphically, and there's life at every turn. I walked into a town to say to, 
today to see a festival going on. I actually love the combat too and think the enemies are more varied in this game than ever and can require a much more strategic approach to wiping them out. Just feels like a breath of fresh air. Uh, continuing on with JD Furbs. I finished Origins just recently and I can honestly say it's a great experience. The overall world and Egyptian theme felt very authentic and well researched to me. As far as genre discussion is concerned, I don't think it really falls into the same category that we've come to expect from a traditional AC title. Origins with its big open map and quest givers has more in common with games like The Witcher than any of its predecessors. That's referring to an ongoing debate on site as to where exactly Assassin's Creed Origins should sit in terms of its genres, which I think is a testament to to how how they've really kind of broke the mold a little certain they've broken the mold a certain amount with with this title i think they've always been moving away from the traditional genres we might have put an assassin's creed game into but this one really feels like the point where certain uh websites that rely on things like genres might be starting to think where on earth do i actually put assassin's creed origins what kind of game is it um and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing one other part of JD first feedback, actually, which which I'll add in here, is that he said, while I enjoyed my 60 plus hours of the game, I reckon there's still a place for a regular AC game in the old style, more stabby, stealthy and all that action. Hopefully you can see one like that again as well. I, we probably haven't really spoken too much on the stealth side of things, although it sounds like, Kevin, you, you spent quite a lot of time uh playing the game properly in the old style, uh, stealthing your way around the map. Uh, <laughs> did you want to kind of touch on that at all? Yeah, I did, and I definitely kind of agree with that quote in that we didn't get a game that really properly does that. Certainly, it's an option. You can do it, but it's not honestly very fun. You There's there's no planning. You don't approach it and kind of figure out, you know, how do I want to kill this person? I, each of the targets was honestly so disappointing because I would run in, and you know climb up on the ceiling somehow walk around on the ceiling and then just go above them and press x there was no or y or whatever it was there's no kind of decision making there's no planning there's no even really worrying about the guards because there's nothing up there to catch you or stop you from doing this you just run in kill them run out like they were some random normal enemy and that was not great to me i i just wanted something more i remember in some of the older assassin's creed games even by their dated you know gameplay designs are still much better at this than origins is actually because they took the time to really properly allow you to plan out multiple different approaches so that you could choose the one you want and that was how you did it and it's it's fine that origins wants you to be able to go in guns blazing basically if they want that to be an option, that's fine. But I I really feel like at least for the bosses, there should have been a proper stealth approach that was actually fun and well-designed here. It's just kind of there because this is an Assassin's Creed game and therefore it has to be, it, it's clearly not designed around you doing that other than the fact that it's possible. So I, I, I don't think that that really worked for me. Uh, I, I, I agree the the previous Assassin's Creed games did a better job at giving you variety to the boss assassinations particularly. Uh, but I think that comes from those older games' emphasis on sort of hiding in plain sight and you would sort of approach through a crowd like the old trailers uh, so often depicted in that really stylish way that, that really became 
iconic of Assassin's Creed. You know, mo- you know, Splinter Cell and Metal Gear was all about like crouching around corners and things like that. And I and I love that stuff. And the old Assassin's Creed stood out because you would just walk through a crowd and you, you, there was even a button to gently push. <laughs> that which was such a strange uh, button mapping thing to gently push other uh, you know just pedestrians out of the way so you could approach your target uh, incognito and. Uh, this game doesn't really do that anymore. Now it is more so like getting getting the drop on them or hoping they walk near the tall grass, and that's uh, yeah, it's it's not as it's not as interesting from a gameplay perspective. Although I, I I would say, had they really nailed it, I would have liked it, you know, just as well because I just love stealth games in in any respect. It's probably one of my top two or three favorite genres. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's so strong here and it, it definitely loses a lot of what it used to do. But then again, I think maybe the past few games did that too. I remember unity was especially terrible at boss assassinations. They were pretty much always indoors, as I recall, and you had to like just sneak around couches with a, with a cover system that was broken. So it's, it's come some way since that, at least. It's interesting. So it sounds like what you both would like to play next, maybe next month, is some kind of intricate assassination game where you're really having to plan out (laughs) exactly how to approach your target. So uh, we'll see what we can do for you by the end of this episode, I think. Carrying on with uh, Viva Jerry, uh, another correspondent on the website. He's uh, 30 plus hours in and he says... As a person who loves any Greek, Roman, Egyptian history, archaeology, it's fantastic to wander around looking at normal day life. It's been impressively depicted with lots of great detail. I spent 10 minutes watching a woman grind grain to flour and then put in it put it in an open oven to bake. Uh, I don't think I have. Personally, I didn't spend 10 minutes watching any of the NPCs doing their daily tasks. I don't know if either of you guys did. Yeah, I actually did. And I wanted to... That was another quote that actually spoke to me a lot. I really do like... Yeah, well, not so much Greek, but Roman and Roman history a lot. It's definitely my favorite topic in history. I do like all generally older history, but Romans especially is, are just fascinating. And so this time period is just really cool to to experience. And this game really does a, a really great job of showing that. It's been a while since I studied that, so I'm not actually sure if this is really accurate, but it, it felt accurate, so that was good. And I really did like stand around and watch people see what they were doing, see kind of what their daily life was. I never saw a woman grind grain to flour and then put it in an open oven to bake, but I would have watched it had I seen that. And so, you know, it. <laughs> I, I thought, honestly, that was my absolute favorite part of the game is, you know, well, you know, the world, but, you know, specifically everything inside of it. And the way even the little pieces are just so unique and and kind of just just lovely. I I like them. I I, th- I thought it was really great. Yeah, and I I think I spoke to that earlier as well. Uh, it it was genuinely cool to turn off that gamer part of your brain that tells you to constantly go chase everything. And if you just slowed things down and and took in the world, uh, that's certainly one of origins best feats is is world well not world building through story but world building through atmosphere the last thing i want to talk about before sam takes us away to the end of the episode is the bosses and specifically not the ones that are just normal people you assassinate but some of the the cooler ones that are more reminiscent of dark souls which 
this game's clearly copying. Stuff like the giant serpent and even the final boss, you know, these are really kind of uh, very different than previous Assassin's Creed games. You don't, you never really got these like big, actually designed boss fights where you do the combat. You just, it was always stealth assassination. So I, I really liked this change. I thought that those boss fights were actually very surprisingly well designed considering the rest of the combat wasn't that great. You can tell that these combat designers put a lot of effort into those boss fights, and I think it was very successful. Each one of them was really pretty fun, and I, I really liked them. I I really would hope to see more of those. I don't know if, if you guys like those or if you would prefer just straight-up assassination instead. Uh, what do you guys think? I think, f- for me... It's the same as a lot of what we talked about. I liked them, but they need to be better implemented. I mean, I found... I I liked the design of a couple of the bosses, but I found it too easy to just run away from them and wait wait for my health to come back, which is a problem with a lot of RPG bosses across time, to be honest. Uh, Particularly the the arena bosses in this game, I just just ran away and nipped at them occasionally and then ran away. Uh, It didn't really feel like I was engaging with the, the, as you said, the amount of effort and work they put into designing the the animations and the combat uh, sequences that those characters were going through. It was a shame that I could just run away from it. Um, I didn't really feel like I had to think too tactically about it. Uh, but as I said, it's a definitely a great step in the right direction. I do like the fact that they have got bosses of some kind. I hope it doesn't completely replace actually assassinating people. Um, but I, I do welcome the, the variety that it brings to occasionally have to actually fight a boss in a, in a serious combat situation rather than always just, you know, it doesn't matter how strong uh, the the boss is supposed to be in old Assassin's Creed games you would just use the same tactic which is get above them and stab them it, it you know it, it doesn't it, it never felt like much variety was going on with with the kind of uh with the big story moments because you are an assassin and you can just do you can just get them silently and quickly and it's all over in a second so yeah I I, I appreciate what they were trying to do I just think they've they've like a lot with a lot of things they've still got a way to go to to refine that yeah if it's supplementary to the series' true assassinations I like Sam I I would welcome them uh, which might be a little strange for me because I almost never really like boss battles uh, I guess that's kind of controversial I, I feel like most gamers invite them for me historically I think only the Batman Arkham games do boss battles that I that I truly like love you know I've, I've probably tolerated or even like some plenty of others but generally i never end up loving any of them in any games uh they just feel so at home in batman because you have his rogues gallery and you're meant to face off against uh, against those guys but uh you know I, yeah like like so much else we've seen in this game it's it's going to be improved upon uh i don't think it's going to go away i just hope it doesn't completely take over true assassinations because i i feel like that's still you know if this game can't be a true stealth game anymore like sam said i you've got you've got to at least somehow keep hold of that aspect of it so i think it's time to have a look at some of the stats for the month uh, on site we had over twenty nine thousand players unlock at least one achievement in assassin's creed origins in december over 10,000 of those players started the game in December and just shy of 2,500 players completed it within the month as well, which I think is pretty impressive given the the, the slight grindiness of, of the achievements towards the end. Um, 
cumulatively 302,933 achievements were unlocked and just under 600 uh, sorry and just under 6 million gamer score using true achievements proprietary scoring system that's just shy of 9.5 million TA score all of that puts Assassin's Creed Origins in second place in terms of site activity on a TA playlist title. It's probably worth pointing out that a lot of registered site members probably purchased Assassin's Creed or got it for Christmas anyway, rather than just as part of TA playlist. But nevertheless, it certainly makes it appear that Assassin's Creed fandom is alive and well, thanks to Origins. Uh, in terms of my personal achievements, I completed Origins in December, getting all of the achievements, but I must admit that I started back in November. Um, I, I I do intend to continue my at attempts to get the whole series to 100%, hopefully before the next one turns up. How did you guys get on in this month in terms of achievements? I also completed them all. I Like I said, I, I honestly didn't go into this trying to complete them all. I used to be trying to complete all the playlist games, but Alien knocked that right out of me. I definitely didn't want to do a second playthrough of that. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I wasn't going to complete this one. But it was just so fun. And I so I, I just kept going and going and going. And even at the end, when I had a, a little bit of a grind left, I just put on a TV show and and went through it. And it, it wasn't too bad at all. It took, like, what, like 30, 35 hours, which is, you know, somewhat tame even for an Assassin's Creed game, considering how big this game looks. It, it feels like I spent, like, 60 hours on it, but it, I didn't. So, you know, it was, it was nice. I, I completed them all good fun uh i think i did almost all of them in december i i dabbled in the game a little bit in november just to test it out on the new console but that was about it yeah and for me i got uh i, I it makes sense whereas kevin likes to complete as many playlist games as he can and sam you like this series enough that you're driving to complete all of these it makes sense that you guys both did that whereas i was probably least enthused about this game um, after playing it, uh, I only got just under half. I got 24 out of 50 for 480 gamer score. It's it's very telling to that to that point that my most recent achievement popped is complete the last main quest for 50 gamer score. And as soon as that unlocked and the credits rolled, and I, I think was there something after the credits? I think there was. But as soon as that happened, uh, I uninstalled and I was happy to move on to something else. I I didn't hate this game. Hopefully, no one's reaching the end thinking I hated it. But I was I was never going to complete this game, especially with the four hundred locations being involved. Cool. Well, thanks uh, everyone who contributed to the forums this month. Um, and as always, if you've enjoyed this episode of TA Playlist, please do consider subscribing to us and leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're actually calling it at the moment. We appreciate your subscriptions and reviews wherever you download from, but the sad truth is that Apple are still in charge of deciding which podcasts are actually popular. So if you can bring yourself to log in, even for a few seconds, even if you don't like Apple so much, to leave us a star rating, that would be wonderful. Uh, and thank you to everyone who has left ratings and reviews so far. Yeah, and, and to that end, you know, this is our last episode of the year, certainly not our last episode. Um, we'll get to in a minute what we're playing next month, as we've already hinted at. Um, but I, and, you know, on behalf of you guys and, and even Will, who was with us for a while and Rich and Jack and Dave and every, there's been a lot of behind the scenes people that helped make TA playlist possible. And, you know, certainly most of all the community as a whole, if, if we were doing this, you know, talking in an empty closet, just among ourselves, uh, 
and, and with empty forums and, and no listeners to the podcast and no participation. It, it wouldn't have lasted very long, but Rich seems to love it. I personally seem to love it. It's my favorite thing I've done on site as staff, and I've been on staff since uh, 2011. It, it's genuinely rewarding for me. I'm I'm a huge podcast fan personally, so to to have my own uh, podcast in, in, in the in the sea of podcasts in the world as as this medium grows, it's super fun for me. Um, of course, it's also much more than a podcast, and just the the whole event is is just really rewarding. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to say anything, but I I think I speak on your behalf at least if you don't. Uh, but just basically, thanks to everyone who hangs out with us every month. Yeah, I will say that I. I came into this, I don't even know why I accepted this, mainly, I don't know, I just wanted to help, but uh, I I never listened to a podcast, I still not, actually have never listened to a podcast, but I do enjoy making it, and I, I like interacting with the community a lot, I anything I do on this site is for the community, that's the only reason I ever want to do it, I don't, I don't do it for myself, so it's good to have everybody, you know, clearly enjoying this people care about it and you know that makes it worth it so i'm I'm glad everybody's been enjoying it i think i I assume if you got this far into the podcast you do enjoy it so good for you and you know hopefully we can continue being great into next year and i'll just say thanks for letting me hijack the last few episodes of the podcast uh thanks for putting up with my britishness (laughs) Um, so uh, I think without further ado we should talk about what we'll be playing in the first month of 2018 so for January we had a very exciting poll our closest yet by some margin so our first playlist game of 2018 will be Hitman how do you guys feel about that? I feel pretty good about it Uh, you know I've never played a Hitman game I probably will like it so you know I bought it last year didn't even touch it so now seems like a really great time to uh, actually jump in to it and and really see what it's all about. So hopefully it's it's going to be a good time. I'm very optimistic. Yeah, and for me, uh, I played the first two episodes as they released. Uh, I fell off of it not because I lost. Well, not because I didn't think it was good. I I guess I just fell by the wayside. Uh, I was kind of waiting for a sale, uh, you know, and then it just gets mixed up in an ever increasing backlog, but. I will say historically, uh, we'll, we'll we'll mention it again on the, at the intro of the next show, but I would just mention that when I was growing up, this was one of my favorite series ever. And um, from what I can tell, this series gets, I mean, this new one gets back to the roots, whereas the one before it uh, kind of drifted too far for most fans' uh, enjoyment. But yeah, I, th- I think I think generally the community is going to like this game. It'll be interesting to, to get so many new voices because it's definitely a, a unique series. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's my first Hitman game as well, so I'm intrigued to see how I get on. Now, just so people know, we do plan to be talking about the entire first season of Hitman, but remember that you can play along for free because the first location in Hitman is free on, I think, every platform, but certainly on Xbox. So you have every excuse to join us in the discussion next month. So until then, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all in 2018. Thanks, everyone. Bye.